Delano's Top of the Week. Every Monday we have Delano in to discuss a topic that is in the news. We also have a look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg during the week. And we have a personal pick at the end. I'm joined by Duncan Roberts from Delano this morning. Good morning, Duncan. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, okay. Bit okay. of a rush. I forgot the Bradbury was on, even though it was featured in our sort of 10 things to do this week. Right. <laughs> I completely forgot that the Bradbury was on, so all the buses are running late. So right. Oh, that's all right. Apologies. Got you here now. It's all good. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the Conservative leadership race in the UK, uh, which is going to be coming to an end later today. Um, yeah. I think shortly after midday, we're expecting to find out who will be the next Prime Minister of the UK. Uh, both Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss have been competing to be elected the next Prime Minister. Um, and it's a bit of an in- interesting context um, that they'll be coming into power in because it isn't a general election. Uh, so most of the general population won't be actually getting a say here. So who is going to be choosing who becomes the next PM in the UK? Well, it's in fact the Conservative Party members. Um, all Well, they reckon last time when they voted for Boris Johnson back in 2018, I think, uh, or 2019, uh, there were ha- about 160,000 members. The Tory party reckons they've increased that, so maybe there's 180,000 people who are actually voting for this, for the next leader of the Conservative Party, who by default then becomes the Prime Minister, um, because Boris Johnson, of course, has, has resigned, resigned, or I said he would resign and will resign once this Tory leadership uh, contest is over. So it's a bit strange. They've had several rounds of voting prior to this uh, by MPs. So I think there were six or seven candidates that announced they would stand. Uh, they went through several rounds of voting. One by one, they got knocked out um, until we get to these two, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, as he said. Now, Liz Truss is, uh, was actually running quite far behind uh, in the first ballot. She only got 50 votes out of uh, the 357 Tory MPs. But she's become, you know, the favourite now among the membership, basically because she's appealing to this very core Tory membership of, you know, I hate to say it, but most of them are ageing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of them are very middle class. Most of them are white. Um, most of them supported Brexit and want a very hard Brexit. So she's appealing to all those uh, all those wishes of the Tory party, whether she can transform that into a win at the next general election, which could happen in December 2024 or January 2025, mm-hmm. remains to be seen. But it looks as though at 12.30pm today, they will announce that she's won the contest and then tomorrow she has to fly to Balmoral in Scotland, where mm-hmm. the Queen is taking her usual summer holiday uh, and she will be announced as Prime Minister by the Queen. So she's uh, the definite running favourite at the moment yeah. in all of the polls. Um, <clears throat> but could we see an upset? Is there any chance that Rishi Sunak might come from behind? And- There's a slight chance, but I mean, the, t- the polls of Tory members in all the press, you know, put her way ahead. I mean, like 70 to 30 uh, percent. It seems very unlikely that there would be a, f- a last-minute upset. Um, polling closed on Friday, in fact, so they've had the weekend to count all the votes. Um, she she had, you know, she's a- appealed via various hustings, and they've had lots of TV debates. I mean, far too many TV, TV debates, seeing mm. as, you know, only 160,000, 180,000 people can vote. Yeah. Why they haven't, have to have na- live debates on every TV station is, is beyond me. Um, but then, you know, two, a week ago she gave this speech where she even said, oh, we're, the jury's out on whether France is an enemy or a, or a friend of, of the UK. I mean, that is 
ridiculous thing to say, but it's appealing to these ageing voters who see, you know, everything across the water in France and the EU and Brussels as as the enemy. And, you know, the UK is reclaiming its sovereignty and going to go out there and be great again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, dynamic because she has to please these um, the party membership voters in order to win this uh, candidature, candidate, candidature, <laughs> and become the next PM. Uh, but as you said, uh, there was that ma- kind of majority of the MPs that were were voting for Rishi Sunak before. So when she comes, if and when she comes into power, could things be difficult for her in, with that kind of dynamic? Yeah, definitely. Um, she's got to announce a cabinet tomorrow. Uh, she- there was a leak at the weekend over uh, which suggested that her cabinet would be make, made up of people who have been extremely loyal to her. So she would be shunning this sort of more centrist wing of the party, uh, the more moderate wing, for you know, in favour of all these these hard Brexit right wingers. Um, and that could be well be a problem. It was a problem for Boris. It was a problem Boris Johnson. I'm not going to call him Boris. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and let's let's face it. This this is the third time that that a prime minister has been selected this way. Theresa May won. A, well, she didn't win a poll, but she had to stand for election. Um, her rival withdrew. Boris Johnson had to stand. Um, neither of those um, prime ministers were were elected at first in mm-hmm. a general election. They both went on to win general elections, but uh, it's a very strange way. Um, but but the difference with Theresa May and Boris Johnson and, in fact, Gordon Brown back in the day when they had leadership elections was that each one of them had the majority support of the MPs. And this is the first time where they don't have the majority support of MPs, but they have the majority support of the membership, which is, as we've said, is very limited. Mm. Um, It's also a very uh, critical time for whoever does come out on top in the race to be coming into power. Um, UK is facing really serious uh, cost of living crisis. Um, that's affecting everyone. Um, if trust does end up coming out on top, um, <clears throat> what is it that she said her plan is to tackle that crisis? Well, she hasn't said yet. Right. <laughs> this is the thing. Okay. Yeah, like like everywhere, you know, the UK is facing a, a cost of living crisis, energy crisis. Uh, people are very worried about their heating bills over the over the winter because in the UK they have this price cap which has now increased uh, threefold. I think it's expected to increase again in January. So there's a very lot of people on the margins who are who are very worried. You know, um, some people say they're going to have to be forced to choose between heating and eating, uh, you know, buying food and, and paying for electricity and heating. Um, so she's got that. She's got the ongoing Brexit saga with Northern Ireland. She's come out and said she wants to tear up the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is against international law and will upset, you know, Dublin, Brussels and Washington, don't forget. I mean, the US is fully behind the Good Friday Agreement. Anything that would, you know, threaten that would be seen as, you know, a disaster and will affect UK-US relations. Um, on the other hand, geopolitically, she's come out very heavily against China, criticised it, and and there is the uh, suggestion that she might name China as a threat to the UK's national security. As I said, she's, you know come out with these statements about France. She's very strong on Ukraine. She wants to support Ukraine uh, in the war against Russia. So geopolitically, yeah, maybe she's a bit a bit more sussed. She was foreign secretary, of course. But uh, domestically, you know, her, her policy was, oh, we're going to give tax cuts mm-hmm. and, and scrap national insurance uh, contributions. But that would help the rich much more than those who are going to struggle in this winter. 
So again, you know, appealing to the to the middle class Tory Tory vote rather than the people who really need the help. Um, another crisis coming up is well, coming up ongoing is the the national health system, of course, uh, national health service rather. Um, which again, you know, when Brexit during the Brexit campaign, they said, well, we don't want to give all this money to Brussels. Let's give it to the national health uh, service, but. That money hasn't been really been forthcoming. Hasn't materialised yet. <laughs> the National <laughs> Health Service is in real crisis. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's not going to be all smooth sailing once she's passed this uh, leadership race. No, um, it doesn't. So. Um, and you know how this plays out in in the UK's relations with the EU is is you know going to be interesting. It's something we're going to get reactions, of course, from from Luxembourg politicians this week. It's it's going to be an ongoing story for the next couple of weeks uh, at least. Um, as parliaments all across Europe you know, reconvene after the summer recess. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out who wins the leadership race. Looking very much like it's going to be Liz Truss um, later today. I think it's at 12.30 UK time. So 1.30 our time, uh, the announcement is going to be made. Okay. Uh, great. Well, I'm going to play a track now. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to be looking at some events that you've picked up for listeners this week. David Bowie there with Sound and Vision. You're listening to RS City Radio, where we're back in the studio with Duncan Roberts from Delano for their Top of the Week. And we're now going to look at some events that he's picked up for listeners to look forward to in Luxembourg this week. What have we got first, Duncan? Uh, well, coming up, it's already started last night, I think, uh, is the Pond Eclectic uh, series of concerts up in Kirchberg and the, and the amphitheatre there, um, put on by Den Atelier. Um, so tonight we have Jan Tiersen, who's famous for his film scores, of course, of course like Amelie. Uh, tomorrow, 6th, we've got Tash Sultana, nice Australian. Right, yeah, um, kind of looping artist, yeah, well, yeah. looping pedals, yeah, yeah she's really, really good. Like, yeah. And then on the 7th, we have Tom Walker, very popular. And then there's a break, and then on the 9th, uh, Fitz Kalkbrenner, who's a German house DJ, techno house DJ. And that's so happening that's all up in Kirschberg at the end. Up in Kirschberg, so tickets at Den Atelier. If there's, I think some of the some of those are sold out, but not all of them for sure. Um, then on the seventh, uh, we have Lux Film Lab, their monthly screening. So Lux Film Lab is run by the Luxembourg City Film Festival and Utopia Canopolis, uh, sorry, uh, at the Utopia, um, and it's every, the first Wednesday of every month. They screen a film that. Would have sort of made it into the film festival, but you know, obviously, timing-wise, it can't mm-hmm. can't be shown. So this one is the the winner of this year's Palm d'Or at Cannes. It's uh, a Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Östland, who's a Swedish director. He's won the Palm d'Or before for The Square. His most famous film is probably, um, and I've forgotten the name <laughs> <laughs> in Swedish, Force Majeure. Okay, sorry. Right. Um, so it's, he's, he does dark satire um, mm. very well. And this takes aim at the super rich and the fashion industry and Russian oligarchs and British arms dealers all aboard a luxury yacht. So it looks okay. most like it's good fun. Uh, stars Woody Harrelson and a bunch of other international actors. Okay, and that's on Wednesday, is it? That's on Wednesday yeah. at 7.30 at Sydney Utopia. And then next weekend is the Grevenmacher Wine Fest. We've had all these wine festivals at the end of the summer, beginning of September. Grevenmacher is really good. Um, Parties on uh, the, all the bars on uh, Friday and Saturday night. There's usually a fireworks display at, on Saturday night as well, which is well worth seeing. Um, and then on Sunday they have the parade. So you go into the town, you stand alongside the road, parades come through with different floats, and people just 
you, you have a glass right. <laughs> and people just pour out wine right. <laughs> as you're standing there. So it's, uh, it's very good fun. Um, you have to get tickets for everything uh, okay. pretty much, but uh, yeah, it's well worth checking out as well. Cool. Uh, right, we're going to end things with a personal pick, and I believe you've got a track for us this week. Yep, this week, uh, yeah, I always like to have a, a nice music track, a recent one. Uh, so Gemma Cullingford, uh, her second album is called Tongue Tide, and uh, the track I've chosen is Bass Face. Brilliant. All right, well, uh, going to play that now. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Uh, and we will have you or one of your colleagues back in next week for another yep. Top of the Week. Have a good week. Cheers. You too.